I'll be on mic. <laughs> Not to throw you off. I'll do this. And you want me to heckle you? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Give me everything you got. Here, uh, Sam, I'll go like this. Okay. But I won't tell the people listening what I'm doing. <laughs> I'll just go like this. I can know You just say stop whenever you want. Okay. okay. Stop. Right there? Yeah. Can you remember that? Yes. You got it too? Good. Okay. Um, I'm going to do two things with the card that you're thinking of. Okay. I'm going to do an illusion and then real magic. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Do you know the difference between the two? Uh, I'll explain. It's okay. I'm just thinking of the Joe Bluth. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> tricks are what a whore does for money. Here. Is, that's not yours, right? No. Good. Hold out both your hands. Take that 10, put your other hand on top of it, and just trap it there. Good. It's well, trapped. What card did you actually pick? Uh, the three of uh, clubs. Okay. Watch. Here. Patrick, hold that. Okay. Here, don't drop it. Got it. Patrick's not holding anything, it looks like. Let's take this back. Okay. Drop that right there. Good. You felt that? I. He, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Turn your hands. <sighs> Lift your hand. Get oh. the... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was that the illusion or was that the real magic? It's an illusion. It's an illusion. Because this is, it's the Ten of Diamonds. When I gave it to you, it was the Ten of Diamonds. I know it looks like it's a Three of Clubs, but it's all good lighting. Okay. <laughs> it makes it look like yeah. it's a Ten of Diamonds. Here, if I shake it, the lighting... Patrick, are you in on this? Yeah, Patrick set it up. If I shake it like this, the lighting can't keep up. It changes back into the Ten of Diamonds. Okay, that one was magic. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Society of Chicago, as we like to call it, Society. Big question for you guys. Mm -hmm. What do you think has been the single most fun night of your year so far? Whoa. Oh, God. Um, of my year so far? <laughs> Jesus. I have no idea. <laughs> my most fun day of the year, or night of the year so far, I think it was when we first landed in Europe and we just posted up at a cafe and drank wine and ate cheese and just people watched and it was very cool and also i had been up for like 20 straight hours so in chicago though i don't know my best like chicago night memory thus far lee do you have a do you have a best night so far yeah and it's super nerdy dungeons and dragons i can relate <laughs> yeah so sam ran a campaign <laughs> no that was definitely not the most fun day of my life <laughs> one of the most fun nights of the year so far one of my friends sent a group text to like 10 of us and was like hey, let's go to the Chicago Magic Lounge. And all 10 people in the group were like, okay, cool, I just bought tickets, which wow. never happens. Stars aligned. And it was legitimately an incredible night. So entertaining, mind blown all over the place. Great food, great drinks. So after that experience, I actually went up to one of the last magicians that we saw and said like, hey, you blew my mind. You have to be on my podcast. And he was like, cool. <laughs> was that so long story short, uh, we are having Lee Benzaquin on Society today to talk about magician community and the Chicago Magic Lounge. I was going to say, is he a magician, an illusionist, a wizard? What's the <laughs> nomenclature? I think magician. He specializes in card tricks okay um, some more sleight of hand stuff i assume okay but also like just straight up magic because there's this one trick that he did that i like i i don't know how he did it the look on your face right now you're still like you're <laughs> yes. still blown away like, you're still trying saucers. to figure it out yeah i uh so i actually was curious when i heard about the chicago magic lounge because I was like, where did this place come from? Because it's in Andersonville. I didn't know it existed. So I started looking a little bit into the history of magic in Chicago. 
And there's actually a pretty storied history of magic in the city. I mean, illusions and magicians and stuff have been around for a while, but after World War II, people had a lot more money to burn on entertainment. And for some reason, Chicago just kind of became a hotbed of magician activity. And there was actually, it was so famous that there was a specific Chicago style of magic, which specialized in card tricks and coin tricks and sleight of hand stuff that you could perform at a table. So like at a bar, basically, you could go up to people rather than a huge magician on a stage, you know, or, or like you said, illusionist uh, kind of doing grand things. It was just some bartender flipping through a deck and, and, and showing you cards and stuff. So there was actually a full Chicago style of magic. That actually brought it up close for the first time, right? Yeah. That was very interesting. Gosh, what a cool city. I don't know. We can't, I feel like we would do that here in Chicago, yeah. is make like, our own form of Nobody <laughs> wants to leave the yeah. bars, yeah. so exactly. we're going to have to bring the magic to yeah, like, the What kind of magic pubs. can we do yeah. <laughs> in the bars in the dead of winter because no one wants to be outside? That's cool, too, because like, obviously, when you think of early 1900 magic, you think of people wearing tuxes mm. on stage and people spending a ton of money to go to a theater to watch it where I mean people legitimately thought that these people were sorcerer yeah. sorcerers doing like big illusions and yeah. escapes right like that's what Sawing I think women of. in half like all yeah. that stuff right so it's cool that Chicago made it more accessible to everyone um, in a more casual let me actually meet you as a real person and blow your mind yeah, I, it's it was on this article I was reading, they were talking about how it was sort of a reaction against those people with goatees and top hats and they're pulling rabbits out of things. And it was just this sort of like, yeah, proletariat uh, bar magic that was pretty successful and then I guess died out. But now Chicago Magic Lounge sort of leading a little renaissance. I feel like the Chicago Magic Lounge does a really good job of showing all aspects of magic, like especially the experience that we got. We had an upfront guy at a table showing us a Chicago style magic, um, as we learned. And then you watch a theater show. So it is this typical kind of big magic stage show. And then we went back and had, again, like another mini, like right in front of you show with, with Lee. So it, it's cool that they are taking into consideration the different styles of magic and, and letting people see all forms. So much history, so much to learn. Let's get right on into it. Welcome, Lee. Lee Benzaquin, not Lieutenant. Thank and you. Lieutenant. <laughs> Thank I you. Yeah, I mean, we can welcome Lee, That's too. That's true. <laughs> welcome all Lees. Lee Benzaquin, thanks for being on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So we'd obviously like to talk to you about the Chicago Magic Lounge and your role there. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get too far into that, I just want to ask you about how you got into magic. In like the early 90s, there was a lot of magic on TV, like really good magic on TV, particularly a special that happened five years in a row every Thanksgiving on NBC called The World's Greatest Magic. I don't know if anybody remembers it. And I watched that and just loved it so much. And I was growing up south of Boston, like an hour south of Boston. And my father is still and was a construction worker in Boston. And he, he was working on a job site near a magic shop. So on his lunch break, he would go to this magic shop and he would buy tricks. And then he, he took this commuter boat home. So on the boat ride home, he would teach it to himself. And then he would teach it to me when he got home. That's and very then, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still remember any of the tricks that he taught you? Yeah. The first trick I ever got was a classic uh, called the hot rod. It's a little stick with six different colored gems on either side. 
and the spectator picks a gem and then you give it a little shake and they all change to match that color. I thought I was the coolest kid until I brought it into school and started showing it around. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? How old were you when you were learning these oh, tricks? Like five or six or seven. Okay. Yeah, you could sufficiently blow some minds at that age, I feel. Yeah, but little kids react negatively to another kid their age doing something that they don't understand, you know? So I don't recommend it anymore to little kids. <laughs> don't bring your magic to school. <laughs> so you are learning magic outside of Boston. Mm -hmm. What brought you to Chicago and to the Chicago Magic Lounge? Well, I moved to Chicago before the Magic Lounge existed, almost six years ago now, after I graduated college, because I went to college in Boston as well. And I felt like it's time to finally move away from home. And I moved to Chicago because Chicago has an improv scene that's recognized around the world. And I thought that seemed pretty cool. So I moved here specifically to study improv. And magic kind of convinced me to move here because I, I went to the magic shop when I was visiting Chicago and I thought it was so cool. And I met the, the manager, Pedro, and I thought this city seems to have like a community, like a sense of people who want each other to improve instead of just themselves. And then the more I hung out at the magic shop, the more I started making friends who were other magicians. And I started devoting more of my time to magic and then magic took over and improv is now a thing of the past. So that was actually something I noticed when I went and saw a show at Chicago Magic Lounge was it did seem to have a lot of synergies with improv and theater and everything else. Was that something that you knew existed and was a very kind of overlapping of communities or was that something that was kind of a nice surprise as somebody who was interested in both? I'd say it's it's more something that came out of the Magic Lounge specifically. It was put together by this guy, Joey, who came from that improv world. And he was just a hobby magician. He like bought a Chris Angel set and he, he got really excited about <laughs> magic. Um, and he was doing research into the history of Chicago magic, how ma Chicago magic was different. Um, Chicago magic was like kind of informal, done like at tables while people are drinking. It's like a big party. And he wanted to bring that back to Chicago because it had disappeared. And he wanted to bring this improv mindset of like, we all perform together and then we all go hang at the bar together. And then the people who just saw us do magic can now get wasted with us at the bar and like this kind of, this very like informal thing. So that it kind of grew out of that. I remember when the magic lounge started, we would still, we would all sit in the green room and just quietly like prepare our own stuff and kind of get into our headspace ourselves. And then slowly people started chatting with each other and then people started to say, Hey, that was a really good job that you just did. And then it turned into Hey, that was a really good job you just did. Can I give you a tip? And now it's turned into this big like community. Very cool. Very cool. What do you think caused that shift? I think it was Joey's mindset. And when it started out, when it was just this like once a week thing, it was his hobby. He was not making any money from it. And all he wanted was for his friends to be friends with each other. So Joey was kind of forcing it, but he's very good at making, getting people to be friends with one another. Yeah, so for... Um one of our listeners who maybe hasn't gone to Chicago Magic Lounge, can you give an overview of what it is and what the experience is like? Absolutely. The typical show that we do every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it's a night where you'd, you'd enter the room, you'd enter the building, you might hang at the bar if you get in early enough, and there's a magician behind the bar, along with very well-trained bartenders. It, like, incredibly good cocktails. <laughs> good cocktails. <laughs> the, the bartenders are some of my favorite people that work in the building. So then you'd, you'd hang at the bar, you'd probably see a magician behind the bar, then you'd move into the main theater which is this like cabaret style theater. So there's a big stage, but then there's also uh, tables around the entire theater and people sit at these tables. And for the first hour of the show, the show is magicians just coming up to your table and showing you magic while you're ordering drinks and food and just having fun. And then after that hour, things shift over into like a more formal show. Uh, the lights go down, stage lights come up, and then we have like two magicians usually performing on stage. And then we have the show that you saw, Lee, which is like a backroom show after the whole thing in this smaller 
43, I think, seat theater in the back where we do what we call a formal close-up show. So it's the same kind of magic that you probably saw at the tables, but now it's in a more theatrical sense. There's also house lights down and stage lights up and things like that. That's the whole night. And that's just one of the many shows that we do, but that's like the main show. So what do you do there? I do everything. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, not to brag. No, I mostly do the that hour of magic at your tables. That's my consistent thing. I'm there regularly to do that. But then now and then I'll get put on stage. I'll get put into that back room. Yeah. And then we, we also do like a little private show upstairs. And then on Mondays and Tuesdays, we have this these other more creative shows. We have like a jazz band play on Monday. And then we do a stage show in the middle of that. That's one of the things I do. Do you have a preference between up-close magic and stage magic? I do now. It It's up-close magic now. That's my favorite. Up-close uh, is when you're like at the table with somebody as opposed to yeah. like far away removed on a stage. Yeah, there, there's all these nerdy terms that we as magicians have. We call the we call it close-up magic or we call it walk-around magic. Um, other parts of the world call it roving magic, if Whoa. you want to be fancy. I mean, uh, that sounds <laughs> very Lord of the Rings. Yeah, right? Then there's parlor magic. Which uh, this is so nerdy. I shouldn't be explaining all no, this. No, no, dig in, man. <laughs> so close up magic. Then one step away is parlor magic. That's when you maybe have a room of forty something people. So probably the the proper term for that back show is would be parlor a uh, parlor magic show. Then you have stage magic, which happens up on stage. You're significantly farther away, and stage magic can be broken into like illusions, which is the stuff that David Copperfield does, versus like uh, sleight of hand manipulation, things like that. Okay, very cool. So you have a preference, but you prefer up-close. Yeah, I lost the question, sorry. Um, I prefer close-up magic now. I used to prefer that stage magic stuff when I was starting out. Because when you're on stage, people will interrupt you, but it's harder for them to, because you have your script. But when you're doing close-up magic, it's scary. It's it's more like a conversation. Uh, And you have to be willing to, if you have a script, you have to be ready to drop it if people just want to chat and ask you questions, which is why I prefer to just not have a script at all and just have fun but i'm a very shy person so for a long time it was really really hard and i way preferred the the protection that that like fourth wall on stage gives you but now things have flipped because i've had to do so much close-up magic it's become my favorite thing to do i have a couple questions so first of all how did you end up working there um was it just because you knew the owner joe or is it because you knew other people how'd you end up there um joey was hanging at the magic shop a lot and he was just like a cool dude who hung at the magic shop. He was friends with... Is there just one magic shop? Like the magic there, shop? Uh, there are a few in Chicago. There's one major one. Uh, I don't want to like slander other ones. But there's the Magic Incorporated is the second oldest magic shop in the country. So it's like, in terms of like the north side of Chicago, that's the shop where people go to to hang out at. Um, there's some more on the, like the south side. And then there's other ones here and there. But Magic Incorporated has a, a history to it. And it's the one that... It's the one that helped me make the decision to move to Chicago. So as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's Chicago's yeah. magic shop. <laughs> it's yeah. the shop. Yeah, yeah. So Joe used to hang out there a lot. He directed some shows. He directed a show done by Luis Carrion, who works at the magic shop and is a good friend of mine. So Joey was just there all the time. And he told me one day, my friend is opening up this theater in Uptown. And he gave me a night to do like improv because he knows I do improv. But I'm sick of improv. And I'm reading all about like the history of magic in Chicago. And I want to put on this show. He told me all about this show, and uh, he asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. So I was, I did that close-up magic on the first night that we opened, and I was so scared and nervous. But that's how I got involved. Yeah, I've, I've been there since day one. It was just lucky. Yeah. Awesome. And how many magicians are like regulars at the Chicago Magic Lounge? It's hard to say. We 
have a core team of maybe six or seven and then a like slightly wider team you can, that extends out to maybe 12 or 15. Then there's people who are, who live outside of Chicago, but are still regulars. They come in maybe once a month, whenever they can. And then we also pull in people who are just from Los Angeles and they hear about this place and they want to come and perform. And we've had a bunch of people come from Argentina recently to perform here. We just had a woman come from England for a whole week. And wow. yeah. So have you met, I mean, it sounds like you've met a lot of global magicians. Has that, like, what's that experience like been for you to have access to, to these kind of global community of it? It's been really educational. Uh, when you are, when you're like a hobbyist magician and you buy magic books and you follow the blogs and stuff and you, you kind of learn about these people who are creating magic all around the world, but you never see them perform for real people so you hear the story that they choose to tell about how successful they are so i've seen people come in from out of town who've got a big name who have built a big name for themselves and have an amazing instagram and then you see them perform for real people in like flounder and you learn so much about what real people want to see uh, and how to connect with real people and then you also see these people who you may have never heard of a lot of my favorite magicians that have come through chicago I've never heard of and then they show up and deliver like the most amazing show. So it's I'd say the biggest thing I've gotten is I've just learned so much. Additionally, I've made friendships with people from around the world now, which is really cool, but uh but yeah, it's been such a, an education. Do you perform at other places besides the Chicago Magic Lounge or is that kind of your your home base? It's my home base, but I perform I just do like private gigs other other than that. There's no real other venue for magicians to get hired in Chicago. There are regular shows that other magicians do, but they it's just their show. They're not hiring other folks. So as somebody who's been practicing magic for such a long time, when you watch another magician that you don't know their their show, their stuff, do you still get blown away by magicians or do you generally kind of know how their tricks work and say, oh, I think I, I, think I know what they're doing here? Yeah, it's a difficult question to answer because... I, yes, I still get blown away by magicians, but usually it's by other stuff. It's not by like, whoa, I was fooled. It's more like, <laughs> oh my God, this person just rocked this house with the simplest trick or, you know, the tricks that I've overlooked, I've read in books and gone, oh, that's not good. And then I see somebody just destroy a room full of 120 people with the trick. That's, that's what blows me away. More the showmanship of it than the actual skill. Yeah. Of- yeah, but then you also will get impressed by skill. I might not be fooled, but I'll be like, whoa, I know what's going on, and I know that that's very challenging. So I might be impressed by that. Or, yeah, I still continue to see people who just do stuff, and I look to my other magician friends, and they look to me, and we're like, what the hell just happened? How did that, how did that happen? <laughs> I was just going to ask, too, did, did you see anything like this when you were in Boston no. uh, for college? No. no. So this is kind of unique to Chicago. Yeah, I made friends with four magicians in Boston right before I moved out of Boston. And they're the best magicians in Boston by far, and they all just hang out with each other. So there's really there's very little magic in Boston, but there are performing magicians. The guy I consider my mentor still lives in Boston. He performs at a bar, but there's no show like this. I, but I'd say there's no show like this anywhere in the world. It's a very unique thing. Let's dig in more there. Beyond Boston, what does magic community look like um, more internationally? And I guess like what's special about Chicago? Well, okay. To answer this question, I need to kind of explain the history of magic entirely. Please do. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> if you look at around Prohibition era, 
magic was super popular. Magic was like the, the coolest thing you could be was a magician. And magicians would come through town and everybody would flock to see their shows and they would put up these grandiose posters that claim stuff that would never actually happen in the show. Um, <laughs> and, but it was like a, a huge thing, but it was also like the, the gentleman's entertainment. You know, like if you look at those old posters, magicians are in expensive tuxes and they look like just perfect. They look like very fancy, perfect people. And in Chicago, we started doing magic at bars and magic was done by like dudes who looked like firemen and plumbers because they were like they were part-time firemen and then part-time bar magicians and it changed the way the public got to experience magic magic suddenly became this informal thing that's for the people it's for the common folks it's not just for anyone who can afford this expensive ticket that's the the claim that chicago has to magic history in terms of the community the current community around the world it's complex but it's it like it's very cool the internet has done a lot of things uh the number one thing it's made every magician in the world talk to one another and we share ideas a lot faster now magic develops quickly because somebody will come up with an idea in korea and then a day later someone in spain will say i just improved on that and then the person in korea goes thanks and then a day later someone in the u.s says i improved on that and now everyone's talking and like magic as a whole is getting better faster i'm curious to know about that history of Chicago magic, because it sounds like it's very, you know, kind of almost like proletariat and like yeah, you said, right? for the people. Yeah. Um, did that change? Did it like dip down at any point or is there a resurgence now? What does it look like it, now uh, as opposed to then? Yeah, it it disappeared from Chicago. There was a point where there was like eight to 12 magic bars all at once in Chicago. Chicago is a big city, but that's still that's a lot too of magic many bars. Magic bars right? um, <laughs> the bubble had to burst. Yeah, I, and we don't know. Like that could have been it. It could have just been that there was too many. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Bill Weimer, kind of like a magic Chicago magic historian, and he he lived and worked through all of these bars that we talk about. And he, I think, he kind of blames it on the rise of stand up comedy in the eighties. When stand-up comedy became this thing that everybody wanted to do, like every single person was like, oh, I can be Seinfeld. They started getting jobs in magic bars and they would learn like one trick and then do mostly a stand-up act and then do the one trick to qualify for this magic bar. And then people who were seeing these shows were like, I didn't really see any magic. I just saw comedy. I could go to Second City for that. That's one of many reasons that he uh, attributes the downfall of this stuff to. But it remained really popular elsewhere. It moved to... Lake Tahoe, there was a famous bar called the Tower Bar in Lake Tahoe where they were doing magic until it closed. And then it moved to New York. And it was still, it's always been this like kind of weird, kind of grouchy looking old men who would perform behind a bar with very, very like brazen attitudes, but everybody would love it. It now is incredibly popular in Japan. There will be these tiny little bars 12 floors up and you'll go to this tiny bar and there's like the best magician in Japan is just sitting waiting for you to show up. But it disappeared from Chicago, yeah. So none of those bars are still around or did they just kind of change? The last one that remained was actually the first one. It was called Shulian's, uh, owned by Matt Shulian. Well, owned by Matt Shulian's dad. And Matt Shulian was the one who started doing magic there. And then when he passed away, his, his son started doing magic there and then he sold it. And then it closed in 92, I think. And that was the last, that was the first and last magic bar in Chicago. Wow. And are you seeing a shift in attitude now towards bar magic and magicians in general in Chicago? Yeah, I think so. Because the Magic Lounge, it's only been open. Well, it's a show we've been doing for about three years, but the place, the Magic Lounge proper has only been open for about a year and a half, almost two years. But already me saying that I do magic is met with, oh, cool. Have you been to the Magic Lounge? And then like, yeah, it works. <laughs> Instead of being met with, what? <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Uh, and I don't currently work anywhere else regularly, but I've got a lot of friends who now are working in bars as well. It's kind of, it seems like we're shifting back to this old thing. I know you mentioned the prohibition and, and kind of the play it had on the magic community here. Is that why the Chicago Magic Lounge has the kind of prohibition entrance? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it Very does? Cool. Yeah. I've never well, it's been. It's a secret. It, how do I get there? There's a couple secret doors you got to get through. <laughs> yeah. It's at 5050 North Clark. So once you're at 5050, you know that you're there, but you got to figure out how to get in. Whoa. I think it was you who said this when I saw you perform that in the magic community, it's it's very common to have a mentor. And you mentioned it a little bit earlier in our interview mm-hmm. as well. Can you explain how that works? It's a, well, it's kind of a thing that's going away. And I think it's probably for good reason. But for a long time, a, a good magician would, I guess, just be hounded by young magicians who want help. And then they would often take people under their wing and spend time with them and teach them everything that they know and, and give them critical feedback on the magic that they're doing. So I, I say that my friend Tony is my mentor because he did, he was like the first professional magician that I had met who was willing to watch my very bad magic and just help me and like teach me his very good magic. But at the same time, I consider all of my friends mentors. Like we all help each other out and my friends have taught me so much. Tony taught me so much right off the bat and Tony gave me like the confidence that I needed to go show my stuff to other people and make other friends. But mentorship in magic is kind of cool because you can trace history of magic that way. You can say, oh, this guy was taught by that guy uh, who was taught by this guy. So that guy is the actual one who invented it. And then this guy perfected it and passed it on to this guy. You know. But I also think magic moves faster. It evolves faster when everybody's working on the same thing instead of just passing it down a line. So I think I'm happy that it's going away, but it, it's a cool little history thing. Nice. Has your dad seen you perform after he taught you a bunch of those tricks? Yeah, yeah. I, he just turned 60 and I flew him out to see one of my shows and it was very cool. I can, my dad has a very distinct laugh and it's very fun to be on stage <laughs> and hear my dad laugh. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So I guess for somebody who didn't know about the Chicago Magic Lounge before this episode, how mm-hmm. do they go about getting tickets? Can they just show up? What's the process to get involved? You can just show up and hang at the bar which I always recommend to people if you're like if you're in Andersonville and you just want a drink but you want a more fun drink <laughs> go to the Magic Lounge just walk in but if you want to buy a ticket to the show proper then I recommend getting them online at chicagomagiclounge.com the bar well you've been Lee you enter one secret door and then you're in the bar area and then there's another secret door that takes you into the main theater but you can just hang at the bar there's no like fee to get in or anything yeah the crazy thing about it is the space itself just gets bigger and bigger. You walk in and you're like, oh, this is a lot smaller than I was expecting. Yeah, and yeah. then it's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it's deep. It's yeah. awesome. Um, if somebody is hearing this and they're like, whoa, I want to do magic. I want to mm-hmm. give it a shot. Yeah. How do they How do they start learning magic? Oh, good question. The responsible answer is the Chicago Magic Lounge offers classes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and so does the magic shop, Magic Incorporated, which again is the reason why I moved to Chicago and I can't, if people are even like, they just want to see magic. First go to the magic shop because they have, it's just so cool. I, I've recently realized that people don't go to magic shops. It's like not a thing that normal people do. And I think everybody should. It's just fun. Where is uh, it? It's on Lawrence, kind of like Lawrence and uh, Damon, just about, or like between Damon and Ravenswood, right across from that Chase Bank near that big Mariano's. Nice. Uh, Chicago people listen to the And podcast, you could right? be a non, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could be a non-magician and walk in and be welcomed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to be like, hey. <laughs> Show me a card trick or get out. <laughs> I don't have my like ID card or something. Yeah. 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 No, you'll you'll be fine. Okay, I'll make uh, it past the bouncer. Yeah. But in the the magic shop, they're really good about figuring out what you want 
if you want to learn magic. They'll figure out whether you want to be a, a pro in five or ten years or whether you just want to have one thing to learn immediately and then take to your friend's party that you're going to that night and fool somebody. So yeah, if you're like casually interested in magic, go to the magic shop. If you're not in Chicago, just find your nearest magic shop and go there and just say, I want to fool my sister. <laughs> and they'll help you. And if you're a relatively professional magician or professional magician that's traveling through Chicago and is interested in potentially performing for the Chicago Magic Lounge, how do they get connected? They reach out to booking at chicagomagiclounge.com, which I answer. That's my day job. Nice. Um, And I'm the assistant to the entertainment director, and his name is Ben Barnes. He's also a fantastic magician. And uh, Ben will return the email and (laughs) figure out when to book you, assuming... You're good. (laughs) Nice. And then you mentioned it as well that you do private shows or people will hire you Mm -hmm. privately to do a party or whatever else. If they are interested in hiring you, how do they go about that? LeeBenziquin.com. Oh. Yeah. My name.com. You mentioned Instagram before. Is that something that magicians use to do outreach or is that just like a... I think so. I don't like social media, so I've... Sure. That's smart for that stuff. (laughs) Um, Instagram magic has become a term that we use now. It's like magic that... Uh, looks amazing but you cannot let anyone touch yeah but instagram has become a way for magicians to i think show off their skills to each other around the world so again it's like it is kind of improving one aspect of magic it's not an aspect of magic that i really care about but it letting people connect always good so what's next for both you as a magician but also the chicago magic lounge uh, as an institution Ooh. (laughs) well i shouldn't give too much away about the magic lounge i know that they're planning on uh, adding some new shows to the lineup because we do shows on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday that are different from the the show I described. So that's something to keep an eye out for. Subscribe to their email list or whatever you want to do. For me personally, I continue to do magic and continue to meet people and continue to work on my own magic. Do you have a favorite kind of magic? Card magic. Card? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you saw my show and it's It's, all card magic. Yeah. I've been trying to move away from that because people tell me that your act needs variety, Uh, but... Disagree. Oh, cool. (laughs) Fully fulfilled. (laughs) Cool. Um, Yeah, card magic is my favorite. Yeah. Is there anything that you're, like, sick of? Oh, I'm sick of me-centric magic. I think there's no place for that anymore. Magic, I think, needs to be a conversation. It needs to be an interactive show. Like, I like to welcome the audience to say whatever the hell they want. I, when I have shows with audiences that are polite and quiet, I tend to think like, what's going wrong? <laughs> Did I do something bad? Do they not like me? But if the audience is like yelling at me, that's when I'm having the most fun. And I think that's how magic should be delivered. It's, it should be a thing that we all share. It, it can't just be me showing off. Yeah. That's cool. Because, yeah, I suppose I had this idea in my mind that it is like one right? person kind of flexing. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to hold secrets from you. And that is already kind of rude and mean. And for me to do anything else, for me to want you to just like praise me while I keep these secrets is so rude, right? But if instead I'm like keeping the secret from you so that we can all have fun, that's just how all of life should be, I think. It's a collaborative experience. Yeah, absolutely. What is, I mean, are the audiences at Chicago Magic Lounge really typically pretty interactive or are they? Yeah, especially like the late shows. I, did, were you at a late show? I think so. Yeah, because by then it's like midnight at the end of the night. And yeah. People are pretty lubricated. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they're they're always very fun. It's like it's the best magic audience that anybody could ask for because yeah. they're Chicagoans who are wasted and excited to see magic. <laughs> it's the best. Um, any myths about magic that you want to dispel? Um, that magic 
gets girls. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the amount of times that I'll perform magic for like a couple and then the guy will be like, you probably pick up a lot of chicks, huh? <laughs> no. This is the nerdy, I'm wearing a bow tie right now. I don't pick up girls. Okay, that's, I mean, that's a myth. It is now dispelled. And that it's easy, I think. Like people, I think a lot of people think that you can show up at a magic shop and buy a trick and then put it into your act. But it takes even the most simple magic tricks, even magic tricks where you like press a button and the box does the job for you, even tricks where you like put a person into a box and they're really doing all the work. It takes so much work to make it feel like something impossible has happened. When I was really young, I used to laugh at people like David Copperfield because David Copperfield, in terms of the work, he's just like standing there while people in the box are doing the actual work. But David Copperfield, with a wave of his hand, is convincing a room full of a thousand people that he is doing this, you know? And that alone is like amazing. And it takes years to learn how to do that. And magic is, you have to learn comedic timing. You have to learn how to talk and chew gum at the same time you know you have to learn how to like hide your skill i think it's a very humbling art form the people who do it really well are incredibly skilled but they don't get the recognition for their skill alone you know like a dancer can go on stage and dance really well and show off what they've worked on for a decade a magician needs to show you that when i do magic i I need you to believe that i haven't worked on anything i need you to believe that it's just coming from nowhere so it's kind of a selfless thing have you developed any of your own tricks? Yeah, yeah. Are you going to take them to the grave? or? <laughs> <laughs> no, I share stuff immediately. Because like I said, it gets better if I share it with other people. I've made a lot of friends with magicians from outside of Chicago. And a lot of them tell me the same thing. My friend Wes put it best. Wes came here from L.A. and he lived in Chicago for a little bit. He said the huge difference between Chicago magic and L.A. magic is when I moved to Chicago, magicians would say, can I show you something? to me, like to other magicians, because they wanted his feedback, not because they wanted to show off. And I guess in other parts of the world, magic still is seen as like, this is my thing. And if I show anybody else my thing, then they're going to steal it and make it their thing. But in Chicago, it's so, so different. We had uh, this woman that I've mentioned a few times now, Faye Presto. She was in tears last night because this is the end of her week here. And she was saying, what you have here, what you've created here is so unique. And I don't want to go back because the magic back there it's just different. Yeah. Any sentiment you want to share with your community or, or the city Ooh. of Chicago? I, I guess I'd want to thank Chicago Magic for everything. When I moved here, I was dating a girl. We both moved here together and then we broke up quickly. Uh, and I happened to be living like a block away from the magic shop. So I spent all of my free time there to keep myself from just being very sad. And the magic shop particularly and the owner, Pedro, just welcomed me with open arms. They would let me hang out and not buy anything. And magic has always, and the people in magic has always pulled me up in my darkest times. And it's it's just the best. It's the best. Cool. Leave Benz and Quinn. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you both. Thanks so much, Lee, for coming on the show and giving us quite a rundown of Chicago magic. One of the facts that I learned was one of the oldest magic shops is here in Chicago and that's why the magic lounge kind of sprang up you don't know about those things that go on in your own city especially something that has that much history behind it right living here in the city you you think you know but then there's always little pockets of new history that you learn about just by talking to other people yeah it was crazy because I used to live by that magic shop and so when I was coming down Lawrence to go to the gym or to go to Mariano's it was like 
oh, okay, there's that sort of strange magic shop that's like in the garden unit. Like it's so walking past it every day was it's interesting to hear that actually it wasn't just this weird magic shop that was on my route. It was actually an important part of Chicago history and Chicago culture and existed far beyond uh, my time in Chicago. So and it will probably far outlast me because it's magic. Yeah, the the thing that was most fascinating to me was the global network of magicians and how stuff like the internet created tricks to evolve and mature and improve so much faster. Uh, it was also great to see the magic trick that he did for us after the interview. It's been a while since I've seen magic performed and up close magic like that. He just casually pulled out a deck of cards and then very... He did not just casually pull out a deck of cards. Lee was like, you need to show us a trick. Do you have a deck of cards? And he was like, I don't know if I... I have a deck of cards right here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't like flourishing it. He was just no. like, yeah, I got my cards. Like, I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 whatever. He's going to do magic. And yeah. then he blew my mind. Yeah. I was standing right next to him. I was like, how the... It was pretty How crazy. did you do this? It was so cool. It was pretty crazy. I thought I was keeping up with it, and then he did part two of his trick, and then I was like, um, no, you lost me. <laughs> <laughs> if his show is anything like that, there's probably some things that will actually blow my mind or anyone's mind Absolutely. that goes to go see it. Absolutely. I think, I don't know, there, there's probably a bit of a stigma around it, and I really genuinely, like our listener audience, you should a thousand percent do this. If you have friends in town, anybody visiting, this is such a unique experience to show them that, again, to Sam's point, has this rich Chicago history and background and a style that is really cool to share. It was cool to hear about this because there is nothing else like it. Like, it had been so long since I saw a magic trick, and then seeing that magic trick, I was like, whoa, that's right, this is awesome. Uh, like, if you ask somebody, do you want to see a magic trick, how many people are going to say no? Everybody wants to see a magic trick. And then there's a theater that does it like two blocks from my apartment. Yeah, I'm in. I think one of the things that is the most Chicago about this is these tricks and these things that he was doing are very like non-flourishy. It's not a lot. It's very casual. It's very Midwestern, right? Like <laughs> Self-deprecating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it's very Midwestern. It's just like, here's a little bit of fun we can have. I'm going to kind of surprise you while I do it. Thank you again to Lee Benziquin for being on Society. If you want to see some more magic, we're having a live show at Koval Distillery, which we mentioned last week is definitely still happening. Tickets are now live. If you want to head over to our Instagram page, we'll have the link up there for you to purchase those. You could also send us an email if you don't have Instagram and, and want us to directly send you the link. Again, that is going to be with the founder of Koval, and I'm really excited for that conversation. Thanks again for listening. Please rate, review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice you can send us an email at societypodcast at gmail.com let us know if you have somebody we should speak to or if you have questions comments smart ass remarks uh, we'd love to hear them you can find us on instagram at society and on twitter at society pod keep an eye on those as we get closer to the live recording we'll have more details and uh, links to buy the tickets 